Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, my friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. We are at episode 150 the 150 mark, a buck 50. And uh, glad you're here. Glad you're listening. Glad you're tuning in. Hey, listen, if any of these past 150 episodes have made any type of impact, any kind of difference in your world in any way, would you do me a favor? Would you do th- you could do a couple different things? One, I would love for you to subscribe to the podcast. That just that helps us out and uh, makes a little dent, makes a little difference. But that way, you also don't miss out on any episodes. Two, would you mind leaving us a rating and review inside iTunes? Just an honest rating and review. We'd really appreciate that. And again, that helps other people to to find the show. But then also, I read every single one of those. So I want to make sure what we're doing and this work that we're putting in. It costs you nothing to listen. We do this. We there's several expenses involved with this, but we do this because we want to help speakers just like you. So if you can do something for us and uh, return the favor by just leaving us a rating and review inside iTunes, that would be awesome. Uh, The third thing I would ask you to do it's just tell someone about it. You don't have to tell the whole world. Free to, if you'd like to. I don't mind. But would you just find someone that you're like, you know what? I know this person's interested in speaking, or here's a speaker friend of mine. Would you just tell them, hey, I've been listening to this podcast. You got to check this out. I think this would be valuable for you. Would you mention that to one person? That would be awesome. You're a good person. Thanks for doing that. All right. So let's keep cruising on here. Today, we are talking with my buddy, Eric Ream. Eric is a student inside our training program, Booked and Paid to Speak. And we actually had Eric on a couple weeks ago on episode 126. I guess that would have been a couple months ago at this point. Episode 126, we talked about how he's been building his speaking business. And uh, Eric just continues to kill it. He was killing it then. He's killing it now. He's really, really, his business is exploding. So when I kept hearing about the numbers he was doing and how he was continually booking gig, just what felt like on a daily basis. I was like, dude, I got to know what's working for you. Let's share that with the audience. So today we talk about the work that he's been doing to build that momentum in his business. We talk about the specific steps that he takes to get at least two referrals for every speaking gig he does. Some great, simple strategies that he shares here. We also talk about why being easy to work with has made him an even more referable speaker among the clients that he works with. But overall, just some really, really, really practical insights in this one, some really practical nuggets I think you're going to enjoy. So let's not waste any more time, my friends. Let's get right into it. Let's get after it. Let's get to work. Here's my conversation with Booked and Paid to Speak student, Eric Reem. Enjoy. What's up, my friends? Graham Baldwin here, hanging out with my buddy Eric Reem. And Eric has been, uh, he's been actually on episode 126 recently. He's a booked and paid to speak student of ours. And the guy's been killing it. And so we were talking recently about what he's been doing to find and book speaking engagements, what's been working for him. I've had a few people, even just inside the private community for booked and paid to speak, students who've said, what is Eric doing? And it's like, all right, we're going to get to the heart of it today and find out. Before we get there, you and I have been talking a little bit offline 
and even just right before we started recording here about this crazy story that happened to you in the past month or so. Give us the nutshell of that, and then I want to I hear about how it translated to you having to do a speaking gig a few days later. Oh, man. Well, thanks, Grant. It's a pleasure to be, be back on again. It's always hey, great not, to be in There's not a lot back. of repeat guests, all right? So you're, I know. You're, I, you're an exclusive company right now. I feel great about that. In fact, I think that's the number one thing for a speaker, right? If you get invited back to an event, <laughs> you're you right. There so you go. Thanks, Grant. Thanks for building me up. But anyway, hey, I'm excited. Actually, I just booked a speaking gig right before we got on. Cool. And uh, just finished talking to a lady I'm going to be working with next week. I'm going to do a speaking gig tomorrow, and I got one this weekend. Nice, man. So I'm right. I'm in the whirlwind right now. But that, that fire story is interesting. About uh, three or four Saturdays ago, I was telling you, Grant, we were uh, doing some work out in the back. Because of my speaking and stuff, I'm out doing a lot of things. I don't have a lot of time to do stuff out in the back. So I'm just rushing, trying to get some stuff done. we got a bunch of lens back, limbs back there, and you know where this story's going, right? Mm-hmm. It rained all day. I had some gasoline. And my wife even told me later, she said, she saw me taking the gasoline out. She goes, what's you doing with that gasoline? Because she's getting s'mores. She thought we'd you know, yeah, make yeah. some s'mores and whatnot. So I put a bunch of gasoline on it. I got a bunch of stuff on my mind, not even thinking about it. I light a match to throw it on there. And before I could even throw it, the fumes had built up, caught up, and I found myself into an explosion. And it happened so quick. I just remember this intense heat, seeing this big ball of fire surround me. It happened so fast, I kind of fell back. I thought, wow, I dodged a bullet on that one. And my wife comes out. She's, what are you doing? Are you an idiot? You know? Yeah. And then her, her eyes get real big. I look down. And I got flesh hanging from my right arm flesh hanging from my legs and flesh hanging from my uh, my feet. And then it starts to kick in. Yeah. Oh, wow, this might be kind of serious. So I found myself in the emergency room. They couldn't help me. I found myself in an ambulance. My first ride in an ambulance. It was fantastic. <laughs> uh, went up to uh, found myself in Indianapolis in a burn unit where they actually treat the Indy 500 drivers. So wow. I felt kind of like I was in rarefied air. I'm you up are. there with the Indy 500 drivers, right? And I will tell you that uh, if you've ever had uh, – if you ever thought about what it's like to have skin peeled off your body and then sandpaper on your wound, spoiler alert, it doesn't feel very good. So I spent that night in this burn unit all night long as they were tending my wounds. And the first thing I told the nurse, I said, listen, I'm supposed to be on a plane in like four days to head down to Memphis to do this speaking gig. And she's like, you're killing me, Smalls. She actually said that. That's what she said. <laughs> I said, I don't know about that. And so I was really fretting about that. And so I went to bed that night or actually that morning and slept all day. And then the next day I got up and told my wife, I said, listen, I've never missed a speaking gig. We got to figure this thing out. Let's just cancel the flight. It's a six and a half hour drive. Why don't you drive me down there? And so it took some coaxing. So my wife, we loaded up in my van. I took my 11 year old son with me because he was helping my wife. I was jacked up on pain meds. I laid in the back of the van. My wife drove me six hours to Memphis, Tennessee. They checked in the hotel that night. And Grant, I could not even put my foot below my heart. It hurt so bad. And my wife's like, what did you get us into? There is no way you're going to be able to do this. And I let the event planner know what was going on. And he said, well, we'll put a chair up there for you. And I just said, well, you know what? I'm here. Tomorrow we'll see what happens. And so with pain medication, with tons of people helping me, and through a bunch of adrenaline, my wife wheeled me literally in a wheelchair that we borrowed from the hotel. She wheeled me in there and I wheeled myself out of that wheelchair. I hopped over and sat on the chair in front of about 200 people and just went into beast mode yeah. and just did my talk with sweat like coming all over me because my body's just trying to maintain, maintain, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I did my talk. I got a great ovation. People followed me out. I think the fact that I, I did it in spite of that actually really inspired folks, right? They said, hey, the fact you're willing to come and do that. And then as soon as my wife wheeled me back up to the hotel room, the pain came back, man. It was miserable. Yeah. So it was, it was, I would tell you, it was a miserable trip, 
but we did it. I got paid and I got referrals out of it. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, no, I think that the point there, a couple things. One is that, and this is what we, you know, what we were intending to talk about. But I think a couple points that are really important here is that one, doing everything you possibly can to get to an event. I same with you. I've never missed an event. Knock on wood. Never want to have to miss an event. And I've had some some horrible stories of of travel and delays and snow and all kinds of those things that. You just can't control. There's nothing you can do. There's an accident that happened to you a couple days prior to a gig. Nothing you can do about it now. But doing everything you possibly can, because I think that speaks volumes to the client, because it would have been the much simpler thing to do would have been to phone it in. Hey, I can't make it. And it would have been totally justifiable. Anybody would have understood that. I am in the e. I'm in the burn unit right now. I had to be taken by ambulance. I won't be there on for Saturday's gig. Anybody would have understood that. But for you to say, no, 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 like I made a commitment and I'm gonna do everything I can to be there. Like, I think that means, I think that means the world. The other thing too, is just that the show must go on. And so if you're not feeling good, the audience, <laughs> the audience doesn't care. You know, if you're dealing with something mentally and, and, you know, issues are, are stressful back home or whatever, like the audience does, they're not thinking about that. They, they still want you at your best. And so I just want to commend you, but also just, I think it's a great point for any speakers that those things are going to happen. Like life is going to happen, but you still have to show up and do the gig, do whatever you can possibly do to do the gig. Never miss the gig. That's right, man. So, awesome. all right, man, let's do this. For context sake, let's backtrack a little bit. And because I know you you shared some numbers with me of how many gigs did you do, let's say like two years ago, last year, and then where are you at this year? Just so we can kind of get a, a sense of how that has increased and how that snowball has has built momentum. I think, well, about two years ago, I probably did, I don't know, maybe, you know, 10 or 15. Last year, I can't, I think it was about 20 or so gigs. I did last year and this year going into 2017, I had a goal for 45 gigs. So a couple of years ago is when I actually started thinking about, I wanted to do this seriously. I got connected with you, started going through your course, started figuring out, okay, what's it going to take to do this thing? That's when I started making some decisions and said, Hey, if I can just do 20 gigs, that would be great. I was able to uh, exceed that number. And then uh, going to this year, I said, I really want to take it to the next level. I really want to see if this is something I can do full time and really test the waters to see if this is going to be a viable for option for me. So what I did is I said, I want to do 45 gigs. I want to do 20 actually speaking gigs and 25 webinars because I do do some webinars mm-hmm. and I wanted to bring in $70,000. So I think when we talked on uh, episode, was it 126 or yep. 127? Yep, 126. Um, yeah, my goal was 70. I think at that time I was around 58,000 is what I was projected at that time and thinking I was going to be able to go to 70 over the 70,000. Since we've had that discussion, continuing to use the plan that you taught me, continuing the momentum, I've actually booked 53 gigs and 39 just, just of those over are halfway speaking. through the through, through the year. Right, right. So I, I haven't done all of them yet. They're booked, right? Yeah, Meaning yeah. that they're going to happen this year. I got 39 speaking gigs. So my goal was 20. So I've actually got 39. And my goal was 25 webinars. I've only booked 14 webinars, but I've exceeded on the speaking. So I've got 53 speaking gigs and I'm projected to bring in $135,000. So crazy, way over what I was, my goal was. So I'm, I mean, I got some momentum and the wind's at my back for sure. And we've got another, you know, five, six months or so left in the year and you've already got several booked into 2018, don't you? Well, in fact, the audience can't see this. Well, I have a couple checks here. 
yeah. that I've received. These are deposits for 2018. That's cool. So it, it blows my mind. That was a concept that you taught me. I never even thought about. And it's amazing when you tell a prospect that, hey, you know, once you send me the check, then that, that locks you in. Yep. I even told the client today I was talking to, I said, you're green on my calendar until I get the deposit check. Then you become red. For some reason, that gives them that sense of urgency. So I'm getting checks for deposits for 2018. It just blows my mind. I I wouldn't even consider that a couple of years ago. Yeah. It just helps with cash flow because when you have deposits coming in and, and, you know, slow seasons or any type of season, it just helps offset some of that a little bit. So, all right. So then the big question then becomes what's been working for you? So early on, what were you doing to go from 10 gigs to 25 gigs or so. Let's start there and then we'll get into what you've been doing lately that, that's been working. Also, for context sake, you've been doing all of this with a full-time job. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I, like I told you, I just booked a speaking gig today. I'm about to close a deal with my daytime job on Friday. So that's, that's still going on. And I also got tryouts for my daughter's travel softball team. I'm, I'm, I'm the coach of that. So that's coming up too. I got a lot of things going on right now. It's kind of, I, I call it the whirlwind. That's pretty much where I'm at right now. Which is, I think is important for people to recognize because it's, it's easy on the outside looking in of, well, they're self-employed. They do this hundred percent. Of course they can get better results or different results than I can get because I have a job and I have family and I have yada, 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 yada. Where in your case, you're, I have a full-time job. I have a family. I have these other outside obligations. And yet I've been able to book 39 gigs just for this year, plus gigs into into next year. Though. So what worked early on for you in terms of, of finding and booking gigs? Well, early on, I was more just the right place, the right time, keeping my eyes open. If you remember, my daytime job actually gets me to conferences. Mm-hmm. And so I just started looking at, okay, maybe I can get on some of these conference committees. Maybe I can get to know the conference planners. And so what I would do is I would just make myself available and just casually say, hey, if you need someone to speak, let me do that for you. So I was just kind of casually doing it. It wasn't until I went to your course and started looking at, okay, what if I want to be proactive? What does that mean? If I really want to kind of go out there and put myself out there, so I made that fundamental shift and, and started looking at, okay, what are the process? What are the steps I need to go through? And then I think the key thing is I just took what you taught me and then took ownership of it. Because at the end of the day, you got to make it your own. Because if I try to be what Grant Baldwin is, it's not going to work. And yeah. if people try to be what I'm doing, it's not going to work. You got to take some of these things that work that make sense and then turn it into what works for me, right? Yeah. So you had Jill on your podcast early. I love her. She's fantastic. And she went all in. I mean, she's using savings and she's doing this full time. So I couldn't do that. I'm the guy that's got 20,000 things going on right now. I get up at 4 a.m. That's where my magic happens, right? Before my job starts. And so I had to make take ownership of it. So that's the very first thing I think that really helped. The next thing is, Grant, you just got to get folks and organized, right? And so I became very focused on what I wanted to accomplish, get the tools I needed to get in place and then just start doing that. So a couple of things I did is I got some tools like Nosby. I don't know if you heard of Nosby, uh-huh. but I, I, task use that. I, right? I, yeah, task management, that thing keeps me uh, on par. And you told me to get high rise cause I, I didn't know about a CRM. So I got that. I use Excel spreadsheets. So I got about three or four Excel spreadsheets. I, spreadsheets I use to track everything. And I use the zero accounting. So those are the four technological things that I put into my business that I run my entire business on. Well, I got a couple questions. Let's take a step back for a second. You mentioned early on when you were trying to get on on conference committees or just connect with them. It sounds like early on you were doing a lot of speaking for free and just to, again, mm-hmm. get your foot in the door. Was that moving the needle for you? Was that helping in any, any way? Did you find that to be a waste of time? What was your experience there? 
Anytime you get on stage, it's never a waste of time. I don't care if you pay somebody to get on stage. Anytime you get on there, you're sharpening your craft, right? So anything I could do, I, I spoke for free quite a bit in the beginning. Um, and it was really helpful, really, because it allowed me to figure out what worked, what didn't work. It allowed me to figure out if I liked it, if I was good at it or not, to figure out what was connecting, what was not connecting. So I did anything I, I possibly could to get on stage. I spoke in front of two people before in the back of a restaurant. It was embarrassing. And I think I don't even think they wanted to be there. One guy was there because he was my ride home. So, I mean, it was just, um, just anything I could do to get in front of people and figure out if this is what I want to do or not. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like a lot of those free engagements were things that you were doing to help on the skill side and the craft side of becoming a better speaker. And I know, and we'll get to this later, but, but I know a lot of what this, the way that you're getting business now is because you've developed a really strong talk and you're a great presenter. But even before that, was it helping on a business standpoint of building those relationships with other potential conference planners or people in the audience that even though you may be speaking for free, they're a potential person that could hire you? Anything come out of those early free gigs? Oh, yeah. What I found is it's a pretty simple thing. When you do stuff, stuff happens, right? Yeah. And so when I would I would do a talk or I would do something, there would be somebody, an audience or a friend or something. I said, man, that was pretty good. We're going to be doing you know this thing with our HR. Where we do like some professional development. Would you be interested in being part of that? Mm-hmm. You know, and so, yeah, I said, sure, let me send you an email or what I could do, you know, so everything was rough in the beginning. I didn't have formalized proposals or nothing like that. So everything always led to something else and it became more of a snowball there might be someone like, for instance, I did a talk at a, at a national event one time and there were two or three conference planners over there. And they said, Hey, would you ever want to come to Texas and do that? Where'd you ever want to? And I said, sure, I'll come. And at the time I didn't know any better. I just said, yeah, I'll do it. And my company would send me, right. Because my company wanted me to go there and get gigs. Right. So I was lucky in that way because I didn't have to spend my own money. But the bottom line is I was just taking whatever came my way. Yeah. 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 Would you recommend that for others of just, especially early on of just take anything and everything that you can get just to get the practice, get the at-bats and get the, you know, another opportunity to speak? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, if you read any autobiography of any artist, anybody who does anything like that, all of them have that phase of life where basically you just got to do it to do it. And then later is when the rewards come, but if you got to be, you got to be willing up front to just do whatever it takes. I mean, that's the main thing. You got to be willing to do whatever it takes to get yourself out there and then see where it takes you. Were there times early on, especially where you felt like you were just spinning your wheels of going, I'm working a full-time job. I've got these other family responsibilities and I'm going out and I'm doing all these free things, hoping that it leads to something. Now, I mean, fast forward to today and things are great, but at the time, you don't know if it's going to go anywhere. You don't know if it's going to turn into anything or how it's going to play out. So what were you thinking at the time when you were doing some of those free gigs, hoping it would lead to something else? Actually, I never really stressed out about it because I was having a blast. I mean, I, Grant, this doesn't work for me, man. I mean, I love, I'm such an extrovert. My wife's such an introvert. It's hilarious. But when I go into a room it's, and if there's 50 people in there, that energizes me. It's just like 50 potential friends. Yeah. So I just had a fun. I mean, I thought, man, this is great. People are willing to sit down and chat with me. And the people are willing to listen to me. I just was having a blast. And I thought, well, if it goes somewhere, if it goes somewhere, that's great. I still have my job. Everything was great. I, I never had this timeline that had to happen this time or I'm not going to do it or is this ever going to happen? Woe is me type of thing, you know, because I've always just looked at it. It's a blessing. I'm having a good time. I'm just enjoying myself. So I never got to that point. It was like all of a sudden people started paying me and I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. I can actually get paid to do stuff I'm willing to do for free. So I've always had kind of had that mindset. It's just kind of a, a fun process for me. And I think I've always wondered that because I, one thing I've always heard about and read in books is that you need to do something that you would do it for free. And I'm like, who would ever do anything like that? 
Right. Well, I can actually say that I would do this for free. You know, it just so happens that people are paying me and it works out great. So yeah. I never ran into that. Cool. Awesome. All right. So early on, it sounds like this was working for you as well as currently, but you, you've built your business on a lot of repeat, a lot of word of mouth and a lot of referrals. Mm -hmm. So, which is some of the best kind of business, but it's also very difficult to reverse engineer and how to, you know, this random person saw me speak three years ago and their cousin helps plan this conference and they recommended me and here I am, right? It's hard to mm -hmm. duplicate that over and over again, but you've seemed to develop kind of a system around this to make sure that every event you are doing, you're very mm -hmm. strategic and systematic about getting referral and repeat business. So kind of walk us through right. what you did early on and what you do today in terms of this one event is not just about this one event. It's about the other events right. this may lead to. So what does that process look like for you now? Right. Well, first of all, just, I want to throw it out there that I do no cold calls. I don't call anybody for an event. In fact, I don't even call anybody more. I don't email anybody. Every, every event I get now is people coming to me right now. So here's what I looked at. I looked at, okay, what do I want to accomplish? What's my ultimate goal? And what's the, the lead indicator or the vital behavior that's going to help me get to the point where I don't need to be going out and cold calling? Because I felt like there's enough activity, there's enough opportunity out there. If I do it right, then I should be able to book gigs out of gigs. So Okay. Now, before you I get to that, before you get to that, just to interrupt here. So I think a really, really important note, though, for people is to recognize that it's not you waking up on day one saying like, I don't want to reach out to anybody. I'm just going to wait for the phone to ring. And then when I speak, it's all going to lead to something else. You, and you even just outlined like, you did a couple of years of several free gigs, several random gigs of to two people in a, in a restaurant who don't want to be there. So you were planting a lot of seeds. You were taking yeah, a lot of right. action and that built a lot of momentum. Whereas now that flywheel, that momentum, that snowball has really picked up a lot of steam so that you don't mm -hmm. have to do that. But again, to, so everyone's clear, like you put in a lot of that work that that doesn't just happen magically. And so I think that's a huge testament to you and the work and the effort mm -hmm. that you've put in that now you're at a point where you're like, I don't have to do those things that I don't want to do. It's uh, so much easier to get business today than it was a year ago or even a couple of years ago. So, so again, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I want to make sure that that's not understated and, and undervalued that like you're at a point where you don't have to do that stuff because you've laid the foundation and because you've really done the work. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, it's, I probably don't appreciate it as not enough. I probably just haven't really haven't slowed down to think about it, but that does make sense. I mean, I put in a lot of time and a lot of effort to get to where I'm at. But the main thing is, I think, Grant, I just had a vision for how, how I wanted my business to be. I just knew from a speaking standpoint, because I knew this because I've been on conference planners. And I know that once you get your hands on a speaker that's good, you don't want to let them go, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you, because you don't want to bring in the unknown because as a speaker, the worst, I mean, as an event planner, the worst thing you can do is bring somebody that's going to make you look bad. Yep. So if you find a couple of people that make you look good and uplift you and enhance you, make your life a lot easier. In fact, I got to speak in an event coming up in uh, this weekend. And as I was talking to the event planner, she made a statement that made me really feel really good. She goes, you're one of the easy ones. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that tells me there's a lot of hard ones out there. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so that makes me feel good because I know I'm doing something right. If she says I'm one of the easy ones and she tells me that, I know she's probably saying that to all her other event planner friends yes. when they're having their association meetings. Oh, by the way, I've got this guy. He's an easy one to work with. That speaks volumes. Right? Okay. Let's go down that trail just for a quick second here. So what do you think has made you an easy speaker? And I would, I would a thousand percent agree that there's oftentimes that if you're a great speaker, but you're a pain in the butt to work with, and, and maybe that's in the form of a prima donna, maybe it's not, maybe you're just unorganized, you're sloppy, you drop the ball, you're a pain in the butt to deal with. What have you found that's worked well that has, has event planners classifying you as he's a great, easy speaker to work with? 
I think the first thing that I realized is that it wasn't about me and I don't take myself seriously. I've met some speakers over the years when you talk to them. I mean, they're so tied to their story. They are so like ingrained with their own story. It's all about their story. It's all about their story. Before you even get a chance to look, they, before they even ask about you, they're telling you their whole life history. And a whole life, they just take it way too seriously, right? Yeah. I realized that event planners at the end of the day don't care about my story. Yeah. At the end of the day, they care about their story, which is that I don't want to look silly when you get up on stage. Am I going to yeah. look good? Yeah. So I realized that early on, I got to make it about the event planner. And it's all about, hey, let, tell me what it's going to take for you to be successful. Tell me what you need. It was always about you, you, you. And I, I realized as I started to do that, you can almost hear it in their voice. They don't hear that very often, right? Yeah, right. And so I think that's one of the things that made it that way. The other is just being very flexible. When, so when they call me up and said, hey, we were going to have you do it this time, but can you do it this time? Or, hey, can you, like, I just talked to an event planner and it was supposed to be three and a half days. I'm doing a workshop. Well, I'm going to be way out on the West Coast. And that half day is important to me because I can leave on that day and still get home at a reasonable time. Yep. They said, hey, could you expand it a few more hours so our, our employees don't have to go back to work? Well, that messes up my entire plan. I got to stay a whole entire day now. Yep. Yep. You know, I'm going to get back a whole day later, probably miss some events of my kids. I said, no problem. Whatever it takes for you guys to be successful, I'll do it. I didn't make a big deal out of it. I didn't say, well, this is this, this, and this. I just do whatever they need and make it all about them. And so I think that's probably where it's been helpful from my standpoint. Yeah. Which again, generates a lot of that repeat referral word of mouth type of business. So again, getting back to what are you doing today that is working well for you to take this one event and turn it into multiple events? Okay. So uh, I just had the vision for what I wanted my business to be. I wanted my business to be a referral generating machine, mm -hmm. right? That was my goal. So number one, I made it a goal, right? So I clarified so then I said, well, what would it take? And it needed to be something simple and something I could wrap my hands around and it had to be duplicatable. Mm -hmm. So I said, what I'm going to do is I want to make it a goal that I want to book two gigs out of every gig I do. That seems pretty simple, right? Yeah. If you've got 300 people in a room, I can't get two people fired up enough to want me to come speak or at least refer me to somebody else. That's yeah. simple, right? Yeah. So I did that. So whenever one, I made it a goal. Number two, I said, in order to, to make this work, I got to be easy to work with, mm -hmm. right? So that I said, what do I need to do to make this easy as I possibly can for the event planner? So I just started outlining different things that would make it easier. So we talked about some of those things. Next thing is I got to be good on stage. Mm -hmm. So I said, whatever I do, I got to be fantastic. Yeah. And I realized, and people have different philosophies on this. My philosophy is this. People learn through entertainment. If you're laughing, you're having a good time, you become relaxed. I can sneak in some points there. But at the end of the day, if people are walking away from my event thinking, man, that guy was funny. We had a good time, you know, and I learned a couple of things. That's great. But if I come in with all this heavy material, and just, that's why I'm saying don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah. So I have about a 70%, 30% rule, 70%, let's have some fun. 30%, I give you some content you can actually use. Yeah. And I found that that formula with me has worked great. And yeah. people like that. Because if you think about at the conference, they've been hit all day long with this heavy, like, academic, you know, stuff, yeah. academic. And I come in there and we're having a few laughs. I'm making fun of people. People start crying. They start laughing. They're like, right. Whoa, this is awkward. Oh, this is fun. Yeah. I take them on a roller coaster ride. Like, wow, that was pretty cool. So it, it almost changes up the momentum and then people remember that. And then the next thing I did, and I didn't realize this, I did this by mistake. I was on stage and I didn't plan to say this. I just told the group, I said, by the way, one of my goals always when I do presentations is I like to book two gigs out of this speaking gig. And I don't know why I said it, but I did. I got an email from a person said, hey, I want to help you meet your goal. So here's a gig we have. 
And I, wow, maybe I should actually state that more often. Just tell people, hey, this is what I do for a living. If you're looking to book a speaker, my goal is always to book a couple gigs out of this. So if you're interested or you need a speaker, please contact me. Yeah. So I realized that if you don't tell people, you know, that's why politicians at the end always say, vote for me. I appreciate your vote. You actually got to give people an action item, then yeah. they will actually follow up on it. So I did that. And then the last one that I wanted to make sure I did was I was very organized. So if anybody showed me any interest at all, I would say, let me have your card. I'd write down a note on the back to remind me what we talked about. And I'd immediately follow up with that person. So if I have 10 people that were interested, I know I'll get two people out of that. Right. Right. You know, so setting it a goal, make being easy to work with being good on stage and then making a point to mention it, which I think is, I think is, it's simple, but it's very, very true. And I don't know if you mm-hmm. found this to be the case. I often find when I speak, sometimes people don't connect the dots that this is like a full-time thing. People just think you're a local guy who happened to come to this thing. And uh, this is the first time you spoke and you just happened to be pretty decent. And in reality, it's like, no, 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 no. Like This is what I do. This is the full-time mm-hmm. thing. Do you find that, that the audiences oftentimes have that, they, like, they don't make that connection? Yeah, they don't make that connection at all. And here's what I've learned just in life in general. It's funny what you'll get if you just ask. Yeah. My wife makes fun of me all the time. She's like, you always get these things that nobody else gets. I'm like, because I ask, you know, <laughs> we were at this uh, farm one time and it was where you milk cows and stuff. And you basically, you, you buy a cow and you get like milk sent to you or whatever. Okay. Big sign that there's no samples or nothing like that. And so nobody was getting any milk. And my wife looks over in the corner. And I got this like crystal goblet that this lady gave me and I'm drinking the milk. She's like, <laughs> you're not allowed to drink milk here. I said, Oh, I just went and asked them and they gave it to me. Well, there's a sign. Yeah. But I asked them anyway. So right, it's amazing. Right. In spite, they said, you can't have samples. I just went up and asked them and said, can I have a sample? Yeah, here you go. Here's a sample. So if you just ask people, Hey, if you want someone, if you're looking for someone, I'm here. And so I found that that works. When, from a practical standpoint, when do you do that within the presentation and how do you do it in a tasteful way? So it doesn't come across like it's this, uh, thanks for having me to the, your event. Now I'd like to go ahead and pitch my thing. So how do you balance that? Where does that all kind of fall within the presentation? Well, I always approach all my talks with humility and gratefulness. Mm-hmm. And so at the end, what I tell people, as I say, thank you, I just want you to know, this has always been my dream to do this. And because you're willing to listen to me, because you're willing to take a chance and hire me, this allows me to live my dream. And I'm forever grateful for that. And I want to continue to live it. And I'm expanding my business. And if anyone's interested to talk to me afterwards, I'd love to chat with you. If you like this information and you want to bring it to your organization, I'd love to chat with you. And it only takes like 30 seconds. And by that time, I've won the audience over, right? I've delivered, I've exceeded expectation. And at the end, I come with a humble heart, with humility and tell them, this is my dream. I love my dream. And there's people out there that says, hey, I want to help you with your dream. Sure. And and I need someone to come speak, you know? So I just do that at the very end. And, And it's not real salesy. It just comes from a grateful heart. Yeah. I think that's really important to make sure you do at the end. Because if you do that at the beginning or even in the middle, you're still building rapport. You're still building trust. The audience is still figuring out, do I even like this guy? Do I want to listen to the guy? But by the end, it's like, oh yeah, totally. Whatever you need, man. So whenever you are making that that suggestion, I think oftentimes it also connects the dots. I'm sitting here, I'm watching a great speaker, and I'm not even thinking in my mind like, crap, we have a need for a speaker in a couple of months. But now that he just mentioned it, that's right. He would be great for this. Why, you know, and they're kind of elbowing whoever they're with at the company or something that that you would be great. So what does that look like then afterwards? You said the other piece was just being organized. So if someone comes up and says, hey, I want to be one of your two people from this event, what do you do next if they reach out and express some interest? 
Well, a couple things. Number one, I make sure my contacts information is on stage. Number two, I have a lead generator. I use lead digits. Oh yeah, that's another piece of technology I probably should have mentioned. I provide them an ebook. Mm-hmm. I provide them something of value. And so they literally have to go on their phone and give me their email. Yep. So that gets me connected with them. And then once people do that, now they're connected with me. Now I send out a weekly blog post that will also oftentimes generate them to say, oh, by the way, I was at your talk last week and I was thinking. And so that generates you know, some things. And then usually there'll be about five to 10 people that'll come up to me and shake my hand and they'll mention something. Yeah, I got this event I'm going to. It's so great. Are you guys looking for speakers? Give me your card and I can follow up with you. Something like that. Yeah. So I'll, I'll do that. So, and then the last thing I forgot to mention is I do an exit interview. Did you suggest that in your course? Did I learn that from you? I don't know if I learned that from you or not. We don't, we don't necessarily do like a follow a true, like follow up email, but we'll, we have a follow up survey. Yeah. So but we don't do it necessarily like an interview. Yeah, well, I actually set up an I set up an exit interview within two weeks after. So I'm on the phone with like the that. event planner, and so what I do, I have a certain thing I go through, and I tell them first of all, I say, did I meet your expectations? If yes, tell me what I did that I did. Yeah. Did I exceed? Why did I exceed? What where did I fall short? And so I do that. After I make sure I fixed all that, then I say, do you mind if I get a logo from you because you know you guys have a credible street cred. And if yeah, I can have your yeah. logo on my website, that'd be fantastic. And I said, I, this is all word of mouth. Would you be willing to do a testimonial? I can send you an example. I can send you one. You can send me one. And then I say, the only way I can build my business is through people like you that are willing to refer me to others. Are there a couple people that you think might be interested? And they say, yes. And I say, can I get that information? So I make a point and right on the phone, I have, who do you think I should talk to? Who, you, who do I, should I follow up with? And they'll actually give me the phone numbers and stuff. And I remember... The last time we did our, our podcast, there was one guy that went way beyond. Remember I told you that? He sent me the spreadsheet of 80 people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he said, yeah, I'll send you a spreadsheet. And he sent him. I thought it was going to be two or three. It was actually 80 event planners from across the country. That's so that crazy. was a big catalyst for me. Yeah. So I just did this event in Wisconsin, and that was probably about a month ago, and I booked four gigs out of that. Wow. That's awesome. So going through this process I just mentioned to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that last piece there, that follow-up piece is so critically important because there could be just as easily a number of people that line up and talk to you and said, hey, I loved it. I would love to have you come speak. And your response could easily just be like, cool, give me a shout. And you never hear from them, not because they're like right. they're not well intentioned or anything, or they're mean or anything like that. They just forget. Like life happens. So you're exactly right that I would much prefer to be in charge of the relationship in terms of, no, no. Here's my contact info. That's fine. I want your contact info. I want That's to right. be. I want to be able to follow up with you. So let's say someone hands you their business card or expresses some interest there. You scribble some notes. What do you do next with that business card? Well, what I do is I, I come back, I put it in a high rise and a high rise. It puts in, you could put the notes on my, my CRM. Yeah. And then what I do is I send them an email and say, I just want to follow up what we talked about. And every email I always send, I always send the expectation. I'd like to get them on the phone yep. and say, I'd love to chat with you more about what we discussed. Here are some dates and times that are good for me doing these work for you. And I find if you give someone three or four dates and times, they will pick one. Right. Yeah. And then once I do that, then I go back to Nosby and I, I give myself an alert to contact this person in two weeks. I think I learned that from you actually to go back in certain intervals. And so I contact them in two weeks just to politely say, Hey, did you get my email? Is there a chance for us to get together? I got these dates and times. And if they don't get back with me, I let it go yeah. because at that point they're probably not interested. So I only touch them twice. Yeah. The other thing that I've done that has been very helpful is that lead digit because 
maybe someone's busy, they don't have time to talk to me right then and there, but they liked my stuff. Mm -hmm. And if they're getting my blogs once a week, that may trigger them two or three weeks down the road to then follow up with me. That's happened. I've had people follow up me six weeks after yeah. and say, by the way, I've been reading your blogs, like your stuff. We've got this event coming up when someone said, do you know, do you know a speaker? And I said, I thought you'd be the best person for that. Yeah. So you got the event planner right there when they're hot. You got all the people that are giving you card. That's one. Then you've got the people that get your lead generation and they may contact you a little bit later. And then you got the event planner itself that I follow up with. And I actually ask them, can you give me two or three people? So with all those different layers, I usually get at least two gigs. And now I'm finding I'm getting more than that. So yeah. So it sounds like, and I know we've been talking a little bit about this, but you're at a point where you're almost getting more business than what you can personally handle. Well, actually, I've actually started a little side gig where I've actually, uh, there's two speakers that I respect a lot. And I asked them if they wanted to join my team. And so I've actually started a thing called Team Marine Productions. And these are guys that fit my model. They fit my brand and guys I really respect. But these are guys that they have other things they're doing and they don't want to do the business side of it. They just yeah. want to show up and speak. And yep. I said, here's what I'll do. I'll take care of all of that for you. We'll take care of the plane and stuff. They pay me, right? And then out of that, I just keep a certain percent yep. and then you get the rest. And all you got to do is show up and speak. So I actually got two guys now that are on my team. So what that does is help me in two ways. If somebody contacts me and says, can you speak? I say no, but I can still add value and here's how I can do it. Yeah. Would you be interested in that? Or if I go to an event planner and I do great, but they don't want me to come back next year, but I really knocked it out of the park for them. And I can say, hey, by the way, I have a team. I can I can send somebody back next year at the same event. Would you be interested? I've made their job a lot easier now. They don't have to worry about finding someone. Yeah, so yeah. that's kind of what I'm doing. I, I'm just dabbling in that. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. But it's, I mean, everything that we've talked about here, just in terms of the, the referrals and getting the word of mouth, it's just very simple, but it's also very strategic. And it's not just saying, mm -hmm. I'm going to speak and I'm going to go home. And I just I sit back and I wait for the phone to ring. And I hope I hope it works out. But it's you being still very proactive but proactive with very, very warm leads of people who've raised their hand and expressed some level of interest and wanting to continue to work with you. So what would you say for someone that's listening as we kind of wrap up here, who's going, all right, I'm intrigued by this. What steps do I need to, to get in place to start doing this in my next gig or my next talk? Well, I think you've got to really clarify what you want, what your business needs to look like. I mean, just lay out in a perfect world, what do you want it to be? How often do you want to be speaking? What kind of speaking do you want to be doing? Where do you want to be doing it? What kind of intervals do you want to be doing that? What do you want to be paid? I mean, you got to understand what the mountaintop looks like, right? Mm -hmm. And then start looking at where the gap is and what's the difference there, right? right? And then say, okay, what's it going to take to get there? That's what I did. So I visualized this speaking business where it would just create its own, its own leads. And I figured, well, if that's my vision, I got to figure out how to do that. And then don't worry about how big the gap is. Ask yourself, what's the very next thing I can do right now to make this thing happen? And that's all I've done, Grant, is I always just focus on what's the very next thing. Because if I look way too far out, it gets overwhelming. Yeah. So like, for instance, I'm proud to say that I found my Lisa. You have inspired me. And Lisa, if you're listening to this, she is fantastic. Yeah. I hope I get to meet her someday. Uh, you inspired me with, with that. And I said, man, I got to get my Lisa. So I got an Elisa. I got an Alyssa. Really? And so since we've talked, I've hired her and she, based on your same model, so she's out knocking it out of the park. In fact, when I was laying down for two weeks, I couldn't do anything. Yeah. My business kept going because Alyssa was out there making things happen for cool. me. That's the little next actions thing. So think about your ultimate goal, visualize how you want your business to be, and then say, okay, what's the very next thing I can do? That could be something as simple as go to your next office hours. It could be simple, yeah. something as simple as at my next speaking gig, I want to ask for a referral. I want to make that point to do that. Yeah. And then just keep adding that block to block. And before you know it, you'll be in a situation while, hey, things going, things are going great. 
The one thing I will say that is that it's hard to get momentum. You know this, mm -hmm. but once you get momentum, it's a beautiful thing, but it's also, you got to be strategic to keep it. So one of my biggest fears, and I want to make sure I, is that I don't lose the momentum. So I got to do everything and I got and I possibly can to keep that momentum going. So has this been helpful? Absolutely. I mean, it'd be, a, if you're at a spot where it'd be easy to sit back and be like, wow, we got it figured out. We got, I got multiple people. I got a team now and gigs just full, flow in. But like you're recognizing, I have to keep grinding. I have to keep pushing forward. I have to keep the momentum going because I mean, the very laws of momentum, if I stop this thing, it stops moving. It Eventually it will kind of run out and run its course. So I have to keep adding to it so it continues to move forward and to, to help build the business. So uh, yeah, this has been great, great stuff. If, again, if people want to find out more about you and uh, what you're up to, where can we go? EricReem.com, E-R-I-C-K-R-H-E-A-M. Yeah, please come visit. I'd love to and also, if there's speakers out there who want to chat, I've been speaking with, you know, talking with a lot of speakers. I love to hang out with other speakers. And Grant, let me just edify you. What you're doing is fantastic, man. What you're doing is off the charts awesome. I couldn't be where I am right now if you wouldn't give me that catalyst. So I'm never, ever going to forget that you are part of that. So thank you so much for that. It truly is an honor that you asked me to come here and hopefully add value to all the other folks. I get a lot of value out of your, out of your podcast. So I'm hopefully I'm giving something back and there's a couple things out there that some of these speakers can take back with them. So I appreciate you, bud. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate the kind words and we appreciate you, uh, you taking action on it. That's the biggest thank you that I can get is people that doing it. And for me, it's almost like, like when, I mean, you're a parent, so you understand like when your kids do something, it's almost like you're more proud than if you had done the thing yourself. <laughs> so for me, it's extremely rewarding and gratifying seeing what the success that you're having, because I know how that impacts you. I know how it impacts your family. So dude, I'm super proud of you and I'm proud of what the, of the work that you're doing. So definitely check out what uh, Eric Reem is up to my friends. Eric, again, thanks for the time. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Mr. Eric Reem. Just a great guy. And I'm telling you that guy is just really putting in the work and he's seeing results. So if you are interested in learning more about the, the training program that Eric referenced there, Booked and Paid to Speak, which is our premium training program helping you find and book speaking engagements, then definitely stop by and check out freespeakerworkshop.com, freespeakerworkshop.com. There we will walk through a step-by-step uh, -step system on how to find and book speaking engagements. We'll also kind of walk through and explain what Booked and Paid to Speak is. And if you are interested in being a part of that, then you we would absolutely love for you to, if you're serious about finding a book and speaking engagements and making speaking part of your business or making it your entire business, then Booked and Paid to Speak is the system that you need. So again, you can learn more by going over to freespeakerworkshop.com. All right, my friends, that wraps up episode 150. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for being here. Appreciate you. And we'll catch you next time. You're awesome. Awesome.